This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Eternal Dirtles is a Hipsters of the Coast podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games. You can find out more at patreon.com slash eternal dirtles. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always is Nathan Golia and Phil Blackman. Uh, hell, say hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hey, everybody. All right. Uh, let's let's jump right into it. Uh, Phil had a pretty good showing this weekend at uh, the SCG uh, Worcester event. Uh, talk to us. Yeah, so uh, I came in 31st, so I top 32'd. I played Esper Mentor, uh, which is essentially... Uh, everything that is the basic shell of Grixis Delver, except I cut the red cards and added in uh, Mentors and Swords to Plowshares. Uh, that's pretty much the basis of the deck. Uh, my thought process going into the weekend, because I remember last episode, I was talking about how I was waffling between uh, Miracles and Pile. And the one thing that I knew when I was uh, leaving my apartment to go to Worcester was I was going to be committed to playing four mentor. That's what I decided when I, before I left. So that was either going to be an Esper mentor or it was just going to be in Miracles that's like the mentor version, like the all-in mentor version. Yep. Uh, so right before I left my apartment, I was like, you know what? I'm just I'm, I'm jamming Deathrite Shaman. I'm playing Esper mentor. And that's the only deck I brought with me. That way I couldn't audible. <laughs> so I, I'm happy. I'm strategy. I'm happy that I did that because I probably would have audible to Leovold had I brought enough cards. Um, so I'm starting out the tournament and all of a sudden, like I haven't, I don't have that many reps with the deck, but the deck was superb. Like mentor is a house. The deck was just like 27 one drops. It was like super smooth. The mana was great. I cut um, the second Island from the, from most of the lists and added a 10th fetch because I cut the Stoneforge mystics. Um, that was the big change that I made from other mentor decks. So Sam Rukas, who also played Esper Mentor this past weekend, he actually got a deck tech. My deck is pretty much the same as his, except I had cut the Stoneforge package and added in some Baleful Strix, uh, some Snapcasters, and um, a pair of Fatal Push. Uh, so that was like the, the big change between his deck and mine, and then we had different sideboards. Um, but... Uh, I can't say that the deck was excellent. I would absolutely have ran it back. I'll tell you guys the good matchups and bad matchups. It absolutely should have converted a top eight. So going into day two, I was X and one, which was my best day one finish. And then day two, like nerves just got to me. It was my best finish ever. And I punted away easily two matches. So yeah. over the course of the weekend, there were 
I could say that there were three matches where one, I just got chaliced out. Um, another one was just like a very fought game, well fought game. Uh, the draws ended up not falling my way. And that was like a reasonable match. Like it was a good interactive match, but I lost. And then the one that I lost on, um, day one was on camera. So those Dude, what were are you going to match- do? We have a history of, of not winning on camera. So. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, the, I did get a draw. I got a draw on camera. I got yeah, a draw on the, camera. Have we ever had anyone win on camera? I guess Tony won on camera on, yeah. from our friend group. I think, like, I think Tony know. counts. Yeah, sure. It was like, uh, ugh. That, like, I'm, 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 I'm upset that that, like, that was the camera match was my only loss of the day because that was the only like I was conceding that the deck was going to be bad against Jace the Mind Sculptor because it's really just like a fat Grixis Delver deck. Like, it's not going to be good against yeah. like the super super grindy decks that go bigger than it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like the matchup on camera. So like, it looked like my deck just like kind of spun its wheels and never got traction. But, um, there was one glimpse where like I unearthed a Snapcaster or I unearthed a Baleful Strix into a mentor. And it looked like if he didn't have the removal spell, which he jaced into, like I could have turned it around, but, um, without a doubt, I punted two matches. Uh, I think like the deck should have been an X and three deck on the weekend and, uh, aces all around mentors, a mentor is a, is a game changer. So I guess the question, the real question is, how good is Unearth? So Unearth for me was one of those cards where I'm really happy I played it in the main. I don't know if the one I put in the board was necessarily worth it. What I found throughout the weekend was it was either an absolute 10 or a 2. Well, it doesn't do anything outside in a a matchup. Sorry, I should have let you finish, but I play Unearth in my version. But I, I, that thing is like you have to board it out against like decks that play Swords of Plowshares because your card, your creatures never go to the graveyard. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And I guess yeah, it's not so, great so against like, other combo decks either, right? And it's not great against combo decks. So like it's great, but it is great against like your decks playing um, Fatal Push, Abrupt Decay, Colagon's Command, Bolt. Then then you want to nerf Bolt. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and what I so have that, found that's, that makes it that makes it a ten or a two because it's they either spend a bunch of mana and then you just get your creature back at a discount, or your thing is gone farming, or you're you know being tendrils into oblivion. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, and like exactly like you boarded out for all the combo matchups and whatnot, but your combo matchups are actually pretty good with like Pierce and uh, Force and Cabal Therapy and like. Deathrite Shaman against the Reanimator decks, like yeah. your your deck is fairly well set up, and like you know that they won't have removal for Mentor, so you just get to jam it and then like kill them if they don't kill you immediately. Um, yeah, and you can like set that all up with Cabal therapies and stuff. But I mean, like Unearth was just like very good as a one of because it's a great card to draw when you're playing from behind. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You're playing Snapcasters in your deck as well, right? Well, I was playing two Snapcasters, and one of the cool tricks that. Uh, so, like, the card that I brought back more often than not was uh, Baleful Strix, just because that's the one that stabilized the board the most. Yeah. Um, usually, if a mentor stuck, uh, the game would just end in a couple turns. So, there were a couple instances where I rebought a, a mentor, but for the most part, I was rebuying Strix to stabilize, or I was rebuying a, like, early on in the game, just a death right that was immediately killed. Um, and so, like, the way that the deck actually lined up was it was just. It felt like I was playing Grixis Delver, except my cards were better. Yeah. Uh, so, like, and one thing that you, if you look at the numbers of just like the regular Grixis deck versus this Esper Mentor deck, you have four Deathrite Shamans each, but because you have the Unearth, it's like you have five. Mm-hmm. And then they're only playing five removal spells between four bolts and a fork bolt. Well, you're playing six between Swords to Plowshares and two Fatal Push. So you just like 
outpace them on the things that matter over the course of a matchup by just having more of those draws in your deck. And then Mentor is just better than Young Young Peasy. Yeah, of course. And then you get to play Colored Basics while they're playing Wastelands. So the deck like lines up really well, and I felt like the Grixis matchup was very much favored for me because Source to Plowshares just like makes it so their Gurmags don't matter. So if like your area or if uh, you know the meta just continues to be very like you saw like there were what eleven Grixis Delvers in the yeah, top thirty. Yeah, if your area, if your like, area, never mind, like, yeah, for everywhere. example, Planet Earth. Yeah, so if you're on Planet Earth, your local Grixis meta Delvers everywhere includes yeah. underground seas. <laughs> If your local meta is, like, in this known universe... I mean, the Geekery's <laughs> local meta is, like, all Chalice. So, like, I don't know if this deck is good there, but... Um, like, everywhere everywhere else, like, I played against Grixis Delver more than any other deck on the weekend. I imagine that was the case for most people. Um, I found that the deck definitely struggled against Chalice because you're playing 27-1 drops. So, I actually lost to the Tesserator deck that went uh, top 16 or something like that. Um, but those games were just, like... All of his cards never mattered. The only thing that mattered was he chaliced me all three games. Um, huh. So and that I was think, it. Like, I, I think with this um uh with this finish, uh this is the first time we're posting up uh, um a, a money result onto <laughs> onto uh, uh Eternal Dirtles. Uh, what'd you walk away with? So with thirty first, I walked away with two hundred. Sweet. Uh, and it was, it's the one of the rare occasions where I actually netted money on the weekend. Uh, it was, it was a tough one though, because I was, uh, in my, uh, hotel room was, I was with Bryant cook mm-hmm. and, uh, we played, we had to play in the last round. Uh, and we knew that I knew cause I had better breakers that my, I was going to be playing for top 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I, I was a winning into top 16, but he wasn't sure if he was going to be in top 16, if he won. Uh, so we played it out because we didn't have, a, we didn't know for sure. Uh, and then luckily he beat me, but then actually got 16th. Nice. So him beating me didn't like cut us both out of top 16. Mm, uh, but yeah. top 16 walks away with 325. So we played a $125 match in the last round. Pretty sick. Uh, yeah, and it's like, you how know, long, it was, how long did that take? It was, <laughs> well, he, he just crushed me game one. And then I think I got him game two. The two games that he got me, he just like, you know, bum rushed me with goblins and that was it. Yeah, yeah Brian but Cook was, was on Storm the, uh, this weekend. He normally yeah, is on he, Storm, right? He was on goblins. The thing is, too, is that I don't know. Oh, he, we never got to, we never got to the point no, where he goblins, had to play around it. Empty the warrens. Oh. Empty the warrens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What did I say? He was on goblins. goblins but... I was like, what? <laughs> oh yeah, because he's on empty the warrens. I thought yeah, I, I saw just... coverage of him playing storm. Yeah. Like, no. Wow, so, you got, I'm you so used to him with, like I'm so used to him plopping down like his two goblin tokens and just putting a dice that say like you know 18 goblins or whatever. <laughs> um. But yeah, I was hoping that the. He, we never, it never came to the point where he had to play around it, but he knew about my two zealous persecution in the board because we were in the same hotel room. So, like, that was just, like, known information that he had where I was like, oh, man, that's going to be my ace in the matchup, but he just killed me before they mattered. Yeah. Did, you, uh, did he tell you I 2-0'd him online with Hollow One? Oh, no, I should have brought that up, though, right after he beat me. <laughs> be like, you may have got this match and the 125 additional dollars, but I know about Hollow One. <laughs> I, um... um... Uh, I, I wanted to bring up one other weird point of uh, of of coincidence this weekend. Uh, this is the uh, today is the four year anniversary of uh, Grand Prix Richmond. We had talked about this before. I found out on my Instagram. So uh, happy four years of of that storm matchup between you and I. 
Oh, oh is that, that that's how that's how long that was. Yeah, huh? that was four years ago, apparently. Man, every it, t- it turns out we only talk about the storm matches I play where I get crushed on Eternal Dirtles. <laughs> so I, you played Grixis Delver the most. You played Check Pile on camera. You played Brian, and you played Tesserator. I played Tesserator. I played against Eldrazi. Um, how and did actually, that go? So what happened was he the same thing happened where he chaliced me and it was awful. And he chaliced me each game that we played. So there was a point where I get chaliced and I'm like, well, my hand of six one drops just got blanked. Um, but then what happened, both games that I played against that Aldrazi player where he just got me on chalice, I just was playing my lands and then eventually found a way to play or to draw a mentor. Drew mentor, played mentor, and then turned all of those one drops into prowess guys. Yeah. And then just killed him. Like, in both games? In the two games that I beat him, he challenged me both times. And both wow. games, I just played a mentor um, and was just able to, like, I like uh, I would just hold my force for the removal on mentor. So there was one point where he tried to, dis- to dismember my mentor. I just forced it. And then the game essentially would just end because I converted all those dead cards into threats. Yeah. Um, um, so that was one thing that I, I never drew my mentors against the... Um, in the two games that I lost to the Tesseract deck, yeah. I wonder how Ensnaring Bridge ends up there. Well, it's kind of funny because uh, I... So you were playing and you were doing well, so I I, I still have my Esper Mentor deck online, and I fired it up and played a league with it, and I won my first four games, and I was like, oh, I guess this is really good now. And then I lost my next four games, and all four of them were two Eldrazi, and none of them involved Chalice. Like, yeah, they just, so... like... They were able to just, like, get ahead of me with... Uh, their creatures, like I had to stop and remove all their creatures so I didn't die. Oh, interesting. And then I just had more. Yeah, which is, I mean, whatever. It's either really near here or there. Just interesting that you played them and then Chalice came up, but it was less meaningful. I saw you had the three disenchants in your board, so you were really thinking about Chalice. Yeah, I realized I was my my board was just a complete mess, and I'll tell you the story about the forest if you guys want to hear it. <laughs> um, no, no. I bet let's Sam let's, didn't let's play a forest in his board. Yeah, yeah no, like, the listeners figured out because what you what you told us was that the forest really makes the deck hum, right? <laughs> The forest that, like, was the it, best card in my board. Forest really makes the deck hmm. All weekend. <laughs> so you guys are probably out there asking yourself, Phil, why would you bring a forest in your board when your fetch lands can't fetch basic forest? Riddle me this, listeners. Why wouldn't you want a forest to be able to fetch up or not fetch up? Essentially, that forest could have been literal anything. And it would have been incorrect because the correct card to play was Forest. <laughs> now, do you want me to be honest? Yes, please be honest. Okay, so uh, anybody in the future who plays with Alters, you always have to go and get your deck checked with the head judge to clear them. The oh, judge did man. two things. He looked at one of my four flooded strands, random, and my Umazawa's Jite in the board. And he said, you cannot play with these two cards. I said, pray tell, head judge, what gives you the uh, sense that these are not playable cards? And he says, I feel as though I can't tell what they are. And so he was like, you can't play with them. So like all of a sudden, at the beginning of the tournament, right before round one, this is right before round one, I'm like, oh my gosh, like my dude just messed up my mana base. Like I'm going to have to play with like an additional basic island or something. And like that's just going to throw off my count. And I can't play with this jit. And I don't know what else to put in the board because like this is the only thing that I was thinking of. Uh, so right beforehand, I've like run over to Bryant, uh, oddly enough. So I guess, uh, you know, he got payback at the end of the weekend, but he gave me one of his foil flooded strands that he had on him. 
And so you can actually see it on camera where it's the, one of the altered lands that I don't have. Yeah. Uh, huh. And then the Uma Zhaozjit, I couldn't find another card to play because I didn't bring any other cards because I didn't want to audible. So I had no other cards with me. Um, and literally pairings for round one were being called. So I was like, all right. So I went to the land station, just put a forest in my thing. And uh, the head judge told the head judge, and he was like, okay, we'll make sure that it's changed on your um, your slip, your um, yeah, deck, deck list. registration. So, so I'm playing with this forest, but I'm, I'm doing really well. So like, oh man, I'm like, I'm going to have to explain this forest later on. That well, is you don't, miserable, it's, honestly. It's, to me, it's more interesting that you did that you were able to get through that field without Nuvazawa's Jite so successfully. Not that, sure. not that Jite is, but it's just like of one of the cards that would be a trump card in a lot of those matchups, Jite yeah. would be one of them. If I were going back, I would actually say that the matchup against D&T, like I just thrashed D&T. Like the games were never close. Uh, For some reason, this always is good against DNT. I've never quite figured that out. <laughs> well, th like Cabal Therapy is usually pretty good because they show you so many of the cards that they tutor, so you usually don't need to pair it with Probe. Yeah. And then also, I don't know if anybody has ever discovered this prior, but Zealous Persecution, <laughs> Ringer Ringer, is a beating. Yeah. Yeah. No, Zealous Persecution is great against them. So like, if I were um, to go back and do it in the board, like I would cut the JIT if I were to go back and play it. I would definitely add more things to deal with Chalice. Like, I'd add an EE, um, and then I would look Vindicate. at things. Or Decay, yeah. The thing is, like, with only no, one no, Vindicate. Green source. No, no, no. Vindicate. Like, actual one black red. Don't warn for me. This is my destiny. Vindicate. Oh, one black white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one black white. Yeah, sorry. Vindicate's interesting. I was actually thinking of... Um, it's Vindicate just is probably better because it can hit lands, but I was thinking of Anguished Unmaking. Um, I feel like with Probe, Anguished Unmaking is a lot to ask. Like probe and all the fetch lands. No, I'm I'm 100 with you. I I think vindicate's way better. I just didn't think of it. Vindicate hits chap tabernacle, uh, yeah. which has come up, and uh, it also kills other planeswalkers that are pain in the butt. Like, like that's a, it's a way for you to kill Jace. Like the other yeah. Like, if you look at my camera match, the one thing I would have loved to have drawn was a vindicate for sure. Well, I mean, I play a vindicate and a disenchant, and I think that's it. Um, but I also play like chart of course and uh that's lingering hot. souls so i think and grimeg angler so i have a little bit more i have a little bit i'm a little less one droppy than you are yeah. but that doesn't mean it's right i mean uh i have the chart two chart of course and two lingering souls which are up the curve and i don't have the baleful strix but i have four snapcasters so yeah um i mean baleful strix was an app strix was a, an all-star all weekend but i could easily see going up in the snapcasters too uh i would just like look at the land count if i was adding another three drop like that um Man, after having a couple bad leagues with it, I was I was like, oh, whatever, back to the hollow one board, drawing board. But now that we're talking about it, I want to play this deck again. It does yeah, seem I, sweet. It's super sweet. It's really just like I literally as I was as I was going throughout the day and I kept, I just kept winning somehow. I was I recognized that the way that I was starting to call the deck is it's just fat Delver. It's <laughs> fat Grixis. Like well, you just, yeah. you just Big Delver. Big Delver. And, <laughs> like all of your creatures are value creatures instead of playing just like goyfy threats that are just dudes with power and toughness. Well, it's interesting because I mean, you're playing it. The, 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 I think that feeling comes from the efficiency. Like when I was playing the Bant stifle deck, which was nicknamed big Delver, it was sort of the same thing. Like, you know, it feels like a big Delver deck. Like Delver is Delver is such a polarizing card because sometimes you have it on turn one and you, you're like, this card is, ridiculously good other times you're drawing it late and you're like well this is a nice 
I don't know, Merfolk of the Pearl Trident, right? Yeah. So when you are able to sort of leverage a lot of that efficiency in the same way, like you have probe and therapy, you got your eight cantrips, you got your one mana removal spells times six plus spell pierce, which is which is good. Um, yeah, pierce was really, really just a nod to the planeswalkers. Yeah, and yeah, I agree. That's a that's a good that's a good thing to have. I don't even know what's on. I don't even know what's in my deck right now, but. I mean, you um, said you were playing the Gurmag, I, and I could see playing uh, one of the Delve guys in there because you do play so many cantrips. I mean, I well, was considering. Tassiger. Yeah, yeah, I was considering putting the Tassiger in the main. Did you bring it in a lot? Was it good? I brought it in against every match that was looking to grind. Yeah. Did you like get it out? Did you draw a bunch of cards off of it? Like. So if you're playing against, like, there was, anytime I've played, anytime I drew the Tassiger against the decks that obviously you want Tassiger against, he is a monster. Like, I know that he seems like he's a he's an out of place dude. I would he was one of the cards I would never cut at the in the deck's current configuration because he's a threat, but he's also card advantage. And the fact that he can just come down for one mana, I didn't try Gurmag Angler, and that's just because of my greedy value side, but also because Tassiger's function was to be a card that could grind well. Um but because you have all of your value dudes like Strix and Snapcaster, you can control when you're ex when you're delving. That way you're only gonna get back value threats. So if you're not rebuying a cantrip, which is just what they would give you instead of a threat, you're going to get back a two for one. So it's like his four mana is really rebuying you two cards, essentially. And then mm. if you just do that over the course of a long game when they can't remove it, really good against the lightning bolt decks. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I understand the, the Tassiger theory. I think my theory with Gurmag Angler was just that, like, sort of mimicking what the young Pyromancer decks do, which is... We're going to pump out all these cantrips, and it's either going to go wide, but if that doesn't work out because you have, I don't know, Knight of Souls Betrayal, uh, we're going to just uh, we're gonna play this 5-5 five five that now you have to deal with. Or you can get the 5-5 five five down first, make them deal with that, and then Mentor cleans up. I don't think either of them is wrong. Just, I think that's, that, that's just my theory with Gurmag Angler. Yeah, I would actually fact. say that like both of them are absolutely reasonable, and I think that based on where you end up positioning your board, because the deck is super flexible with how it wants to board, because it's mostly mono four ofs, mm-hmm. but all the four ofs are pretty flexible in all across all of the matchups that you could play. So if you're thinking like I know if I were going again, I would be boarding more things to do with Chalice because that was just a pain in my pain in my neck all weekend. Yeah. Uh, like I would absolutely play like an engineered explosives on top of the disenchants and whatnot. Um, but like depending on how you configure your main, because there's a bunch of flex slots. And then how you configure your board, I could absolutely see just having the 5-5 five five that can't get Caracas as the better pick. Well, it also depends how often you expect to see Caracas, right? Like, um, did you play against lands? I did not play against lands at all. Uh, although I felt as though, even though the matchup is, I imagine, on paper very bad, uh, I know that the Surgicals can do a lot of work and Mentor can close the game very fast, assuming that you just keep them off of Tabernacle. Yeah, Tabernacle is the thing to watch out for. I've never really had problems with lands. Because it's kind of weird. You have Source yeah. of Plowshares for Merit Lage, which is really good. And you can also, Mentor just closes out the closes out Merit Lage. Like, or you give them 20 life, it closes out the game again really fast. Yeah. And but I've got... Huh. There was I'm actually, actually uh, um, fun, fun ways with Unearth 
throughout the weekend, one of my most common plays with Unearth outside of Strix was just going mentor or uh, unearthing a Snapcaster to Swords to Plowshares a guy. Yeah. 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 You, the Snapcaster Unearth is really good. <laughs> um, Unearth looks is, my... is like so innocuous, but it's like a real powerhouse in the late game. I'm looking at my deck now to see what our major differences are. I guess number one would be that you have four mentors and I have two. <laughs> that's a, so yeah, that's a, that's a mentor one, is right? like mentor to me is the best card of the deck. It sounds like if you were playing lingering souls as well, that you were, your curve was a little bit higher than mine was. I, I wish yeah, a lot of that. I think it's, a, it's the chart. It was my idea for like with chart, course that you can drop lingering souls and cabal therapy. And yep. you can also drop a creature and unearth it except for Gerb my gangler. So actually I think the unearth might've been reanimated at one point too. Um, like I tooled around with that, but a lot of the a lot of the cards are the same. Actually, you want to see your sideboard. Um, that forest. Yeah, I've got keep like I've got two flusters. Forest. Like I've got two flusters. Storm, two surgical, two zealous. Right, it's all the same. I've got vindicate, so disenchant. Um, you have a nighthill spell bomb. I have a containment priest. You have a pithing needle. I uh, also have a pithing needle. Oh, I also have a tormod's crypt. I guess put nighthill spell bomb in. Um, well, where you would have nighthill spell bomb was. Now Spellbomb was originally a rest in peace, uh, but then I realized that once I started moving closer to Snapcasters and Unearths and things like that, I was like, I'll just make this a Nile Spellbomb. The thing is, I recognized that because the deck is just bigger than Grixis Delver, but smaller than everything else, that I would have preferred having just the more like the lights out sideboard cards, mm -hmm. um, which rest in peace is. But uh, I don't know if it was right to go to the Nile Spellbomb instead, but I think like. If you're playing with lands, like I felt a little bit okay because of Pithing Needle to like shut down one of the options. Like Pithing Needle won me a match straight up against uh, Turbo Depths. Yeah, Named I Vampire think that's a good matchup too, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, Swords of Plowshares. Actually, Swords of Plowshares. It's funny. It, it feels terrible, but like it is good against those Merit Lage decks. Like they go down two cards to make Merit Lage every time, and it's like sure they get twenty life, and that buys them more time to dig it up. But if you have like a plan, like if you have Mentor. Or like Gurmag Angler, you know those those are those are pretty considerable clocks even from the twenty life, and you're probably been on the beat down the entire game already. Dude, there was like I may not have played against Lands on the weekend, but I did play against Merit Lage a bunch, and yeah, you source the Plowshares the thing, they go up to forty, even they go up to sixty. Like Mentor closes the game so fast that it just doesn't matter because their deck has no removal. Yeah, and I mean, I mean it works. It, it matters in other situations too, like with. Uh, Death and Taxes, I remember a game where I um, took them, I think, from 34 to 0. I had like had to block and swords, a batter skull, and like all this stuff. So they were just gaining tons of life. But like the game was over in two turns, even though they were at like over 30, you know. So I, I think Swords of Plowshares is better than, than it's credit for. The other thing I was thinking about with mentor mentor deck in general is is this like the evolution? Like, is this what well, you didn't play Stoneforge, and, and Sam did. Do you know how Sam did overall? So Sam did not have a good day one. Um, and I think it, the thing is that him and I were actually discussing this beforehand. He felt that the deck was weak to the, to the decks that rush you. So he wanted a way to stop the rush, and that's why he stuck to Stoneforge Mystic. But in the games that I had played, I found that Stoneforge Mystic, for two reasons, I didn't like it. One, I thought it was slow enough and the way that the deck was configured, that it was just going to be worse than every other Stoneforge that you play against. So, like, you play against D&T, or you play against a Deathblade deck, 
their stone forgers are just going to be way more powerful than yours because you're really just like all in on the batter skull just being itself, which oftentimes yeah. is just not good enough. The other reason is if you look at most of the other Espermentor decks that had seen play beforehand that were playing Stoneforge, their mana base is to be a little bit skewed in such a way that they're more white. So the Esper deck, the Espermentor deck that I played, it's really a blue-black deck that splashes white for Swords to Plowshares, Mentor, and board cards. Yeah. So I, it's not, um, a, it's I'm not really at, a three-color deck. Yeah, I'm looking at your mana base, and I'm looking at mine, and I have... Well, I have two C, two Tundra, and you have two C. The only difference is that I ha literally have an extra Tundra and, and three Cabal Therapy. And but now I'm looking at my deck, looking back at your deck, and I'm just like, well, you know, it's eight and one, day one. Like, you know, maybe I should look at this. I just don't feel comfortable taking this second Tundra out. Maybe I should take the island out and then just put in the Cabal Therapy. I don't play any double blue cards, so actually I'm going to do that right now. The You're only double blue card that I was playing was Jay's, even though I cut the fourth basic that most decks play. I came to my mana base conclusions very specifically where I saw that the decks that were playing Stoneforge all had two Tundra. They all had two Island because you want enough basics to be able to cast all your spells. And the decks were playing two Jace the Mind Sculptor. I would have loved to have a second Jace. I just didn't think I had the room for it. Um, so I added an additional fetch. I cut the second Tundra and the second Island specifically because they don't cast Deathrite Shaman. Yeah, I think that's right. Your first your first turn play is most likely going to be Ponder or Deathrite. You're not going to all you're not going to really therapy blind, but that is up that is there for you too. I guess well, you the only do thing have is the like, option to go probe therapy on turn one, which I did do a lot. Yeah, probe therapy is so stupid, but I'm just yeah, thinking. Probe is, well, dumb. probe is dumb. Just to sort of close out the the reason I don't have Jace. Well, other than that, it's like a zillion dollars online now, um, but I never had it. Um, I, I put a, I play a Soren Lord of Innistrad, and that's because um, the emblem is really funny with Mentor. All creatures yep. get plus one plus up. It also uh, isn't pyroblastable. That makes sense. Yes, so, uh, that's a, that's a, a huge thing to be doing is to yeah, not have yeah. to be pyroblasts. Yeah, and I also yeah. think it's actually the best card. It's also like the best card against miracles because it can destroy their Jace. It can like. Destroy their Jace and pressure it by making guys. So it pressures it by making guys. They have to remove every turn, and then it can destroy their Jace. Um, but I have it hasn't been relevant recently. But I, I still think I'm going to stick with it. But I, I I don't know. I'm I'm really inspired by your run. I'm just like looking at this deck and thinking like oh the Grand Prix in three weeks like <laughs> maybe I should play a real deck. You know. I would. So like, the thing is that the reason that I like Jace because like I can see like if I were playing the Soren. I would probably steer the deck to be a, a bit more aggressive than mine was. Um, mine was pretty much a lot of like control the early turns until you stick a mentor and then kill them, right? So yeah, that's I wasn't really I, yeah. fast out of the gate. Uh, but the thing that Jace I found, and like I, I, why I would stick to Jace in the current, at least in the configuration that is was my list from the SCG, is that you play out your cards. And like very early on in the game, and Jace is the only card in the deck that actually re recoups cards outside of the Unearth or the Strix. Um, yeah. So like if you're running well, on empty, like he's the only card that's gonna really get you back in it. Right. I mean, my deal is that I've got the, that, that's why I'm playing Chart of Course. I don't dislike Jace or anything like that, and I do. Chart of Course is a game changer, though. Yeah. Like it's just I just kind of was thinking it 
Well, I, I sort of built this as I thought it would be the best Charter Course deck, and it, it has been good for me in the past. In fact, I played it. I ported it to Modern, and like immediately, like four one to Modern League, like the first time I ever played a Modern League with it. But uh, then it sort of went off the rails. What are your guys' thoughts on Painful Truths? I actually oh, okay, was surprised so that that uh, that wasn't a bigger highlight of your list. That is something so, that after I played on the weekend is something that I would want to put in my sideboard. Yeah. Actually, that's I meant to close that out by when I asked about Sam and Stoneforge Mystic was that for a, a while I played against these Stoneforge these like Deathblade decks like there was Deathblade so it was Deathrite, um, Deathrite Stoneforge Snapcaster True Name and they all had Painful Truths because they were playing like four colors right and I was wondering like Mentor is just so much more compact than Stoneforge Mystic I mean they don't do quite the same thing. But they are sort of, like the shell. This is basically what a Stoneforge deck would look like, except it's like a little bit more high velocity. Would you agree? In so that I, way, like I, I agree that I agree with your what you say by Mentor being co more compact because Mentor is just good on its own plus spells you already want to play. Yeah, and you don't have to add Stoneforge like three cards to your deck to to make Mentor work. Right. I think that like like. If I were like looking at both cards in decklist on theory, I actually don't think that Mentor and Stoneforge are that cohesive. They just happen to overlap in colors and be the best, uh, like most versatile control-ish um, creatures that you can play in a pseudo-aggressive deck. But Stoneforge getting equipment wants to lead you towards creatures, but Mentor wants you to play with non-creatures. So their synergy isn't actually all that high, even though one makes creatures. In, well, that's, I, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I think Mentor's better than Stoneforge right now because the efficient spells are just better in general, right? And, like, Mentor's such a, a house that just closes the game out so fast as compared to, like, a Batter Skull, which will close the game out reasonably fast, but you, you have to contend with a lot of ways to deal with that. But like both, cards, both cards are similar uh, in deck building to, to Delver of Secrets. You just can't throw Delver of Secrets into any deck, right? You have to build your deck around that. And the nice thing about uh, Mentor specifically is that uh, you just build a deck full of good spells uh, and your deck is ready. With, with Stoneforge Mystic, you basically have to throw three spells into your deck that you don't want to draw and that aren't aren't necessarily always good. I mean, they're good. Like, Batter Skull, Jate, and, and uh, sort of Fire and Ice are, are always pretty good. But, like, you never want to draw them. You always want to have the option to grab them from your deck. So it, it's just like a Gifts Ungiven deck, too, like where you don't want those cards to be in your hand during your opener. Yeah. Yeah. And so, what I'm, so basically, like, Painful Trues in that deck was great, but they were gaining life off the Batter Skull. So the question is, can we support Gitaxian Probe and Painful Truths? So I don't think that... I, I My answer would be no in the main board. But like I think against... Troll the, decks is fucking bonkers, right? Yeah. The, 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 like, if I were playing more against, like, the pile decks like I played against on camera, like, the, the life is way less relevant, relevant than the cards. Yeah. And at any point, like, you can always just, like, if you need to... You can... If you know that you're playing to your Painful Truths plan like as the game goes long, you can proactively use your death right shamans to exile creatures. True. Um, 
So like as long as that you have that in mind thing. early on, you can do that. Uh, I would not put them together in the main board. I think. And that's I what think, the forest is for. The forest is <laughs> solely for um, when I'm playing against Thalia and I can cast my Painful Truth for four and draw four cards. Without having Thalia. to get a wasteland, without, get, without getting wastelanded. Yeah, no, you got to play around with Swamp Forest. Yeah. No, nobody's ta- got time to get wasted. You know, you're not going to cast an Atraxa? You're not going to do that? Oh, let me I tell you, I, I have been looking for ways to get all those four-color commander cards into the deck. When I was playing Pile... The card that I was like, well, I guess in Pile you can just play whatever nonsense you want. Nothing matters. Everything is meaningless. And I tried to get in that four-color dude that makes everything that you do cascade. Oh, God. Oh, God. Everybody listening, <laughs> don't do it to yourself, okay? Just stop it. Stop it right now. Stop it. This is why I was really glad that Witch Mall Nephilim was terrible because when I was playing Junk Gifts in Modern, I was like, no, oh, I'm not adding that card to my deck, even though it's the colors. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, if you if you want to do this, you got to talk to my good friend Veteran Explorer. He'll get hit. You can play anything <laughs> once you uh, once you veteran go to the Explorer. Church of Veteran Explorer. But speaking yeah. of speaking uh, of Veteran Explorer, praise be. I, I, yeah. There's a, a topic that I wanted to talk to you guys afterwards because one thing that I noticed on the weekend was there was a lot of talk that Deathrite Shaman is the one, next card that needs to go. Yes. I think that's definitely where we should head oh. this conversation. Well, uh, I actually, I've got, a whole page I, of, I had, I've got a whole page of points here. I had <laughs> a sidebar. I had a sidebar that I actually wanted to bring up with you guys because looking at the top 32 deck lists after they were posted, the one thing that I noticed is yes, there were there, I think there were 75 death rights out of 128 possible death rights. That's a lot in of the top rights. 32. It's a lot of death rights. It's 58 58% of the cards or 58% of uh out of all, like if you could play 100% death rights, yeah, all it's death a, it's rights, a, it's 58%. A 58% saturation. Yeah. Yes, 58% saturation. Good, good call. But then if you look at the decks again in Grixis Delver and the two storms, two storm, I think it was two storm, the storm decks that topped, the other card that put up a lot is Probe Cabal Therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like across, like Probe Therapy showed up in not only all of the Grixis decks, including mine, but also all of the storm decks. So the saturation was like the only deck that wasn't playing probe that had death rights was the obs on list, which was only playing three death rights. Hmm. So, Wait, so you're, all the you're, other ones were playing probe. You're, you're positing that maybe it's not the, the death right is, is, is a card that could be banned, but maybe probe or therapy could also be a card to, to look I'm, at. I'm saying that I think, I, I'm not going to be defending Deathrite here. I, I mean, personally, I feel that Deathrite's issue is just the fact that he's not competing with anything. I think on power level, he's fine. I, he's Obviously, he's overpowered. Yeah. But I think it's just the fact that he's not competing with anything, and he's a Blackbirds of Paradise, and that's what really matters. It, it, um, I mean, yeah, he's creating a homogeny in the in the, in the the format that's that's kind of disturbing at this point, I think. Right. Well, what, I think what the thing Probe is... is the more busted card, though. Yeah, I think Probe is, Probe is a... a I, I wouldn't say unfair, but like that's probably the best word I can use. Probe is an unfair magic card um, because it's a one man, it's a zero mana draw, uh, draw a card spell that also gets to give you this information. It's going to change the game for you. I don't know that I'm, that I don't know that I'm upset deck, about that though. When you're playing that well, type of deck, the information that you get is worth well more than a card. Well, it's well worth than it's worth way more than two life. Yeah, but. 
it it takes at one once you are playing with perfect information it allows you to leverage your play skill obviously but i think it doesn't it doesn't make the games interesting it is on it is on it's a flavor win cuz every time it there's no permanence in play and i'm on the draw and my opponent starts to get taxium probe i feel like horrible <laughs> like it's a perfect flavor win if you look at the, ta- at the picture like you know it looks like some sort of alien that has abducted you look i i just think that the the question about the homogeny is whether or not you are subscribed to the fact that a deck playing death right qualifies as just because a deck plays death right that qualifies as homogenization because i i really think the problem is just that when you see a death right you're pretty sure that you know the rest of the deck at this point um, but I, but I think that's just a function of overpowered cards up the curve. Um, Agreed. You know, I think that the 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 question is because Deathrite exists, do three drops, do powerful three drops get leveraged harder? Oh, that's that's probably right. Right. I mean, I don't know. Like, that's like my, Leovold, my, my question. true name. You know. No, true I name actually is the one. Like, I think that more so than the powerful three drops. Like, Grixis Delver gets to be the most efficient deck that it is because it doesn't have to sack... Like, the same way that Grixis is better positioned than Teamer because it doesn't have to sacrifice any of its sideboard cards to bad matchups. It also doesn't have to worry about Wasteland. At all. But Deathrite Shaman fixing your mana means that the Grixis decks get to play with 14 lands. Yeah. But the, the the rug decks play fourteen lands too. It's the same thing. And the bugs delver decks, the Sultai delver decks. Let's look at the one in this in this top thirty two. Actually, play more lands. Like well, because they're on multiple Lilianas and stuff. Right. Which you know, the question is then begged whether or not yeah. So like this this Sultai delver deck has twenty lands. <laughs> you know, like I mean that's that's a lot for a deck that's also playing delver secrets. In fact. It's only got, as I always say, Zach, that I can't figure out how these decks ever do anything. 25 ways to flip Delver. I mean, I've played Rug with 31 or whatever, and it's like, I never flipped Delver, <laughs> you know? Those, those decks have to play 20 lands, though, because they also don't have uh, Git Probe. They don't have... Yeah, I know, but the point is, like, I don't think Deathrite is letting people cut down on lands. Checkpile plays 20 lands. Like, all mana-producing lands. Like, I, Deathrite Shaman is just a... It's a good card, but I don't think it's... I don't. I think the man, the mana fixing is a little overrated. Not because I don't think. I, I'm sorry, is over criticized because ultimately, like, if every time you tapped a Deathrite Shaman and two lands, the next thing you, the person saw was Knight of the Reliquary. I don't think we would be that upset. I don't think anyone would be that upset. You know, because all right, well, they, they spent their whole turn doing that. I'm gonna hit that with the Swords to Plowshares and go on with my day. You know, I'd like, be upset. You can't you can't get rid of that goddamn card in Rug Delver, man. You can submerge it. <laughs> yeah, Nate. This, it Mostly. depends on who we're talking to, right? Yeah. Um, but that's my. I think that like when I see a death right, I'm always like, ah, oh, I gotta kill this because I don't want to face down a true name on the next turn. Yeah. But then all it does is delay the true name till the third turn. You know, yeah. like it's not like. It, it, the thing is, like, if Deathrite Shaman was taken out of these decks, they would just play. They would just thought seize your removal. 
and then play their stuff on curve. You know, like what's coming into the deck. It's there. It's not. People aren't skimping on lands because of death rate necessarily. Yeah. I'm sure there's a little bit of skimping that's happening, but I don't think it actually because it's not. You you would never depend on one like that. I mean. You would never depend on a mana dork like that to just be like, oh, I'm just going to cut these lands because I have these mana dorks. Like, no, like, you can't do that. Like, Bolt is everywhere. And well, Swords Plow Shares and Fatal Push. Like, so these decks would cut Deathrite Shaman. Maybe they'd add one land and three Thoughtseize, and they Thoughtseize your removal, and then they play their stuff on curve, and then you would still be, like, miserable. My Because all those cards are so good. My counterpoint to that is is simply that the word, the, the, the vocabulary word of the day is Cavalier. Right, and the Grixis Delver decks are way too cavalier where they weren't before, and the fact that they don't have to protect their lands at all—they're not even playing Stifle um, to protect their lands a little bit from like other Delver decks that might be preying upon them—and they don't have to do that. They can be that cavalier because they don't have to worry about other Delver decks. There's just one Delver deck now. There's one Wasteland deck, and it's it's that deck. I think Grixis Delver the deck is is a problem. I don't think the card Deathrite Shaman is a problem. I think that Grixis Delver is is creating the the combination of the go wide from Young Pyromancer, the untouchableness of True Name, and the like sort of like you, you go to all the other end of like the removal spectrum for Gurmag Angler. Like nothing that deals with Pyromancer or or True Name hits Gurmag Angler. Yeah. And then you have to like so you're so now after board you're like okay well I need this minus one minus one effect and I need this edict but like what if you have to edict their delver you know that feels really bad and edict's terrible against like two creatures like edict's terrible against young pyromancer but it's great against true name and gurmag angler and and zealous persecution is great against young pyromancer and true name but it's terrible against gurmag angler and delver like it's just too many like I think one of those things one of those up curve things has to go the reason I would say that is deathrite shaman is still a 1-2 with Summoning Sickness that gets nuked by everything. And it's 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 this, like, twisted world where, like like I said, like I don't really feel like that card is what I'm scared of, but I'm killing it, so they can't put out the... So I'm just delaying the thing I'm really scared of, you know? That's that's how I feel about it. So I think the, the answer to, to, this, to this problem is honestly create a... Deathrite Shaman in the Selesnia, uh, like, you know, shard, you know, whatever, sh- uh, guild, right? That does something kind of similar where you, where it, it puts you up mana, it uh, creates some sort of board presence uh, in, in the terms of, like, uh, you know, maybe dealing damage to something that's attacking or blocking, I don't know. Um, and it deals with your opponent's graveyard, uh, and it... Uh, keeps you in the game somehow uh, is that you know by doing life by creating centaur tokens who knows but i can't be in the grixis shard at all because then they'll just play it you can't answer Deathrite shaman with another card that they can play well i i think that's it's the it's the the incentives are bad that's the that's the problem right it creates this incentive to just play another one of these decks because all the answers that you want are just in that deck anyway, so you're teching for the mirror a lot. It's and it, it I, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It reminds me of when you started to see like Cavern of Souls and Miracles decks, right? Like once that started to creep in, you were sort of like, huh, huh. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this because they were doing that for their their own mirror, you know? Yeah. I, I just, but I, I, I don't. 
I, I predicted that the card's getting banned, and, I, and I'm almost resigned to it. But I don't think that the effect that people want, which is less of playing against these good stuff piles, will be mitigated by banning Death Threat Shaman. I think it's much. I think it's a symptom of a larger disease, and that disease is they've printed so much stuff that just goes into this deck anyway without a consideration for, you know, otherwise. I mean, Leovold is almost like a, a, a sick joke that that thing is as a bug card and not like, you know, white or something. Like, you know, just something that would be different. Um, Baleful Strix is the other one I go to there for that. But, like, you know... I mean, I would say that Checkpile... Even though Checkpile has sort of fallen by the wayside, I feel like most Checkpile's players have just, like, moved over to Grixis Delver at this point. But if Deathrite goes... Four color pile ceases to exist. Yeah, exactly. That's that's a deck that like doesn't doesn't again like the idea of, of being so cavalier is to play four colors. You know that deck doesn't doesn't get to do that anymore. Or they have to play Noble Hierarch, which I think is a, f- a very fair Magic they, card that I'm not upset about. I don't think playing. they would, they wouldn't play Noble Hierarch. But here's my question. Whoa, Zach, you're getting uh yeah, man. It's... Yo, here's here's the thing. That's that's the best metaphor we're gonna run into all night. <laughs> I think I think my, I, I, I don't like think to, a... my closing argument uh, on this and and I'll let I'll let you I'll let you have a closing argument too is is the uh, the tagline from uh, from RoboCop and it's Detroit has a cancer and that cancer is crime Legacy has a cancer and that cancer is Deathrite Shaman. Well, I mean, I don't know. You could say the same thing about Brainstorm. I, I don't like. <laughs> um, I think that uh, brainstorm is the RoboCop of this format, as far as I'm concerned. To me, that to me, I don't really think there's a big difference. I don't like, and I'm saying that having literally just like played a match against one of these decks. Like, I played against like a Grixis Kess deck, like not long ago. Like, so what if this if it's all the same cards and they cut Leovold and they play Kess and they play basic lands? Like, what do I even care? It's still all the same cards, and I still got to deal with Kess, which is super busted, and it's even like super busted online because it's bu- it's literally bugged. And it works on both turns. <laughs> yeah, like, well, that's a real like, problem. No, like this color combination just got so much stuff. Like it's just going to be on to the next thing. And the ability to sort of like cheat your mana base with like cantrips is just as important as being able to cheat it with death right. Like sure, they're going to go because they, they're going to go basic island preordain, and then they're going to go basic swamp. You know, baleful strix. And like, what are you going to what are you going to be doing with your? I mean, you can you're going to have the games where you stifle them and wasteland them. Or you combo them out, but other times they're going to be on the play and they're going to have good draws and all their cards are good and then they get to reuse all their cards that are super good. Like I, I, Death Rite Shaman, like that's not that's not really bugging me, like for that reason because I'm just going to kill that with a like if I'm playing a Rug Delver, I'm going to kill that with a Lightning Bolt because I'm going to have six Lightning Bolts, you know, or you know four and two four, you know, what I mean? like four and two forked bolts or whatever Chain Lightning. And I'm going to move on. But, like, then I'm, the next thing's going to be a Baleful Strix. I'm like, oh, now, now I've got to kill this thing because otherwise it's just going to fog all of my other stuff. So now I'm going to play True Name. And well, I'm playing True Name. I might as well just play Grixis. And then do you see what happens? Well, like, it's fortuitous that this deck gets to do both of those things. Don't you I, think? Right. It's, yeah. That's too much. It's too much. It's, yeah. It does too much. There's no choice. Like, why why isn't Rug get played? Well, Timergoid gets killed by Baleful Strix and, and Mandrills and... I think that uh, I think that's that gets stonewalled argument... by Ur- Angler and Baleful Strix and True Name. Bringing in Baleful Strix as a, a a reason that Deathrite needs to go, I think, is a little off off. Like I feel like we're we're steering into a territory where like, you know, the the vanilla dudes can't get past a Death Touch guy. 
And I think that that's well, like, you know, it's like, I think that there's the, 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 like hitting the threats and not the enabler. It's like, you have to decide which is the thing that you would rather have on the, have gone, you know, do you want the car that's, that's enabling all these things or do you want the actual things? Cause like, I would be t more than happy if true name nemesis went right. Because like nobody ha ever has fun playing that card. Like it's not an enjoyable card. It just like right. the, the replayability of that card is non-existent. It, the, the game plays out the exact same way every time that card is cast. Like, that card is not fun. Is it busted by legacy standards? No. Is Deathrite busted by legacy standards? It's close. I but don't think it it's, is. It's, it's, I, don't, I personally don't think it is either. But, like, I can understand the arguments. It's just, it, like, from my point of view, the card is just literally, com it, it does everything that you want it to do in the most efficient way possible and it's competing with nothing. There yeah. is no other one drop that it's going to that is even up for grabs in that slot. Like the closest thing is Noble Hierarch, and that's not close. No, because you can't cast Noble Hierarch on a, off a swamp. So I guess I, the I, I guess I, the answer is print something to compare to that card in other in other colors. I think if there I, was I, if there was something that could compete with it, it would do something similar to like what Noble Hierarch and Birds of Paradise have always done, right? Like both cards are good. And you're gonna want them in different spots for different for pseudo different things, but they're still gonna they still function the same way. They're a mana dork. Yeah. One Deathrite Shaman just has to happens to be one that you can cast off the only it's the only one that exists right now in Legacy that's playable that you can cast off of not forest. Right. I I, I agree that the only thing that's busted to me about Deathrite Shaman is being able to cast it off a swamp. And the question is like, are do we want that? For, is there some other is there some other utility to having that available? And I think the answer is, if we didn't have that available and the best the best uh, Delver deck was Rug, like it was in 2011, you know, which and in 20 or I'm sorry 2012, it's 15 percent of 2012 decks, right? Death Red Shaman comes out at the end of 2012, so it's like a full year, and it's still big, bigger than Grixis Delver at the time. And it, and if you if you played back then, Zach and I did a lot, and it was like. Yeah, it sucked. Like sometimes, like you had just way more of these games where you just like got pushed out of the game. So I mean, I can handle that. That's not. Yeah. I'm not saying like I don't like that, but like the way the way, way the legacy has evolved over the past several years is to refine. The, there's plenty of decks that don't let you play. Yeah. There's Death and Taxes. There's uh, the various Blood Moon decks. There's Lands, which is probably actually the best deck in Legacy, but it is has a representation issue. Um, and, uh, so I say death and taxes, the various moon decks, various chalice decks, like Eldrazi, all these decks that have evolved that already don't let you play. Like, I don't think that, I don't, I don't think it's like, like what I'm saying, it's like, what do you, what do people want? Like, do you think that death rate challenge is going to go away? You're getting with a goblin lackey. Like, no, that's not going to happen because if people have to play against goblin lackey, they're just going to play as much one man removal as they do now and kill it. And besides like, that's not, that's equally not interesting to get like, Oh, I guess I attacked the lackey, and now I have a siege gang commander, or like a lackey into matron into ringleader. Like, great. Like now we just have another thing that is way better than everything else. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, I don't think that's that's right. I think that the thing to do is to, like, you have to treat Deathrite Shaman like creature brainstorm. It's a, it's going to be a staple of fair decks. So let's make it so that there's more fair decks that are worth playing, and let's not just make it so like, well, I don't want to tap my Deathrite Shaman in two of my lands to play something that's not going to get Swords to Plowshares. Swords to Plowshares did. So I don't think that's a word. So I'm going to play True Name. Plowed. Like, but if True Name's not there, yeah, Plowed. I should have said Plowed. But if that's but if, if that's if True Name's not an option, then we're all on the same footing. If Abrupt Decay 
can kill everything that Death Rite ramps into, then there's your check. And like, well, it's in the same colors of Rupt Decay, but at least it's there. At least it's something that you can do. Like the, the threat of True Name is what is weaponizing Death Rite Shaman to this to this extent. Like, I'm sure. Like, when let someone on top of the Death Rite Shaman, and then when they're playing it on the when they tap it on the next turn and both their lands, see how you feel if it's not True Name. You know, even if it's Leovold. All right, well, they drew a card. You know. Like, I, Leovold's over the top, too, but it's just True Name being there just invalidates so much stuff. Like, I think that, I think True Name and Gurmag Angler, it's a blue and a, a blue card and a black card that are in this deck that are both stupid. Let's just get rid of them and then see. And if we have to get rid of Death Rite, we have to get rid of it. But, like, these cards add nothing. They just are, like, Gurmag Angler just lets you play all the most efficient cards and draft right off of it. It also makes Wasteland a joke against the Grixis Delver decks as much as Death Rite does. Yeah. Like thanks for ramping me, and uh, and uh, true name is just not fun. Like you said, Bill, it's just not interesting <laughs> at all. I don't know. That's my rant. Just I just don't think that I don't think we could get the effect, the, the desired effect. I, I don't think, think banning I, death right gives you the desired effect. I think you get more non-games and and then and then everyone is p- playing five or six pieces of graveyard hate because those decks are designed to beat death right already. You know, so Phil, why don't you when follow don't up to this? Day, I think that the one thing that I've found over the course of the weekend and like also now as we're like discussing all of the other cards that are around Death or Shaman is it's like I think that as we think about this and then we know that there's going to be a ban list announcement before Seattle, if I'm correct. Yeah. Oh, well, let's check. Let's so think, if I there's that's correct. like if that's coming in, there's so there's two things. One. I think that if we're talking about death right potentially going, we have to understand what is the metric that uh, Wizards has looked at in the past as reasons to ban cards. And I don't think them going, like I don't think the argument of the threats that it's going to be ramping ramping into is going to be a qualifier for them to 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 say this needs to go only because you could use that argument for every mana dork. Like, if True Name Nemesis is actually the problem, then I don't think that you can bring Deathrite into that conversation and go, this is why Deathrite is also an issue, because it just being a three-drop coming down on as a two-drop, that's just an issue with mana dorks on the whole. So I think that from the experience that we've seen from past ban lists, one thing that they really look at is diversity in a format, and turn out at tournaments. So if attendance is low, they've taken action, and then they have multiple times where they've said, we're getting rid of this for sake of diversity. Look at Green Sun Zenith in Modern. Uh, look at Wild Nakata when it was banned. Right? They were like, this is the best thing to be doing on as a turn one aggressive creature, and there's nothing else. So I think that that would be the reason that they would actually go to to ban Deathrite, assuming they would ban Deathrite. I think it's the homogeneity of the format that they would look at as like, this is the reason why we're banning it. It's just, it enables too many things. It's good in the control decks. It's good in the aggro decks. It's good in the mid-range decks. It's good against combo. It's good against, it's good against everything. Um, and I think that that's the basis that they would go after that card. Personally, now that I'm on this Esper Mentor deck and like, you know, finally getting away from Miracles for the first time outside of Pile, which was is a Deathrite deck. Like, I don't think Deathrite needs to go yet. I think there just needs something else in the format needs to come along where if we can say, okay, black mana dorks are acceptable, 
then give us other black mana dorks that do other things as well. If green, if black all of a sudden is a, is part of the color pie that can have a mana dork, then Deathrite shouldn't just be an outlier, right? It shouldn't be its own thing as the only black mana dork option. Well, this should be a blue mana dork then too. I, well, I, I'm by saying, the way, I'm I, saying that, like, I agree with. I agree like, with everything it, you said, Phil. Yeah, I think like if <laughs> yeah. if, if, if like. If Deathrite is going to bleed the color pie so that black gets a, a mana dork, we're seeing how, like, the reason that they moved fast mana out of black into red was because the shit that you could do with black is way more busted, right? Yeah. yeah. So, like, if that's going to be somewhere that the color pie bleeds, you either have to embrace that and then make more. That way, Deathrite isn't the only one, so it has no competition. Or recognize that we shouldn't have done that. It's we we the the numbers on it and everything that it does is just too powerful and it's homogenizing all the fair decks and it needs to go. The thing that I want to talk about with you guys because I think it's interesting if we have some time is let's assume that Deathrite gets banned. What cards become good? Well, well I think let's, let's Wasteland. Just, I want to close out again. first with, with a couple with a couple quick things before we do that. And it's not about I just want to fill in because we we had a couple questions that I was fact checking. Uh, the next banner restricted announcement is April 16th, which is after Grand Prix Seattle. Okay. So I here's what I'll help it. If Grand Prix Seattle looks like this, Deathrite's being banned. Phil, I agree with everything you said. They will ban Deathrite if they pick a card from this deck. I, my my feeling is this: they, I would like to see more creativity. I did not want to see Top banned, for example. I mean, I thought that Top did too many other things for good for decks that were just hanging by a thread. You know that it shouldn't that it shouldn't have gone. Um, but you are completely right about everything else. They'll go for, they will go for the enabler and they will say, this is a color, this is a color pie bleed. There's nothing else like this. And it's, it's, it's not like, you know, cause there's, there's, you could say like, well, there's just as many terrible threats that you don't want to see as, as true naming for particular. So yes. Uh, Zach wasteland gets better. Yes. Wasteland gets a lot better. Stifle gets better. I mean, basically you can punish the, the decks that aren't playing, mana dorks or stifle to protect themselves um i think that goes both ways though because all of a sudden all the decks that were playing death right they just get to turn their trop into another land yes well yeah they turn their trop into another land play more like people will adapt to wasteland they'll play more basics yeah but that's when the question is like can you start can stifle come back i mean stifle is is probably probably gets a little bit better just because you don't have to spend your first turn killing their death right as well either um i, I mean i think gurmag angler gets better like in a in a world where there's going to be just way more attrition battles it's going to be the biggest thing you can do with one mana yeah. it still is but you know it's going to be a thing that uh it, like there's already a deck with no death rights that plays for Gurmag Angler. That's doing well. I mean, I would not be surprised because Wizards often uh, has this has this move. I hate to call it tone deaf, but this tone deaf move of banning the wrong card first, and then and then banning the right card like a, a little bit later. Um, uh-huh. I would not be surprised if they banned Gurmag Angler just to be like, ah, we tried, right? And then when they realize that, yeah, it is definitely Deathrite Shaman that en- enables these decks to win. They're like, yeah, well, we just wanted to get more data before we banned another card. So, I don't think they're going to go after Gurmag. I, I truly don't think they should, and I don't think they will, but that is that is a play, for sure, that Wizards has has made before in the form of Felidar Guardian. They like The card to get get rid of was probably Saheeli Rai there. 
Um, but they were like, well, we don't want to make the more expensive card the card you can't play. Um, and then, you know, if we look at Vintage Workshop, you know, like, like, oh, we'll, we'll restrict every other card in that deck aside from Workshop when we know the real problem is actually Workshop. Um, yeah, I, I think that, I mean, like, that's a whole the, other discussion, honestly. <laughs> I think that the only cards that, like, I could foreseeably see being, like, up, uh, like, with with targets on them in Legacy are Deathrite, obviously, Probe, most definitely, and then maybe for sake of fun, they could look at Chalice and True Name, but I think the only... The only two legitimate contenders right now that have targets on their head are Deathrite and Probe. Yeah. And I think it's like all of the other busted cards that are clearly busted and should like are just way overpowered and more powerful than those cards. Looking at all of the blue cantrips, looking at show and tell, like none of those cards yeah. like none of those cards are going because there's precedent that those are gonna exist in the format. Yeah. So I think I, I, I think a, a a card that gets better is actually that's the thing. I'm looking at at what you're saying. I think probe gets better. Like, are they going to try and stifle me? I'm just going to probe them. Like, and I get an extra card, you know, and now I have perfect information. You're going to want to know, right? Because people aren't going to be playing proactively to the board. Every And Chalice also gets better because decks are going to get more low to the ground because they're not going to be able to say, well, I can cast this three drop. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lower my mana curve. Now Chalice is better. All these cards that people hate are just going to get better. That's why I don't get it. That's why I don't think it's the right thing. But, you know, I mean, like, people probably want to say, like, Nimble Mongoose, Goblin Lackey. I don't know. Are those cards, like, going to do anything against, like, I don't know, Gurmag Angler Slayer? And those, that's great against both those cards. I guess not Goblin Lackey, but I, 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 don't, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I, I just, I just, I feel like we're going to get a big serving of what we're asking for. If that yeah. Makes sense. I mean, they're all an apex predator always pops up after we, after we kill one of these decks, it was, it was miracles before then it became Grixis Delver and before miracles. I don't know. I don't remember last time they banned. It was blue, red Delver. It was, no, it was uh dig through time. It was, it was uh Omnitel. Omnitel. Like all yeah. these cards, all these cards, you know, we're going to, we went death, right? Shaman. We're going to be, we're going to be throwing them on the funeral pyre for the benefit of Brainstorm and Fetchlands, which are the real offenders to homogeny. Like, but I, I'm not, I don't expect them to, nor do I really want them to get rid of those cards. I'm just saying that that's, that's what, that's what our format is. Our format is, I think Patrick Chapin said it, like a format for people who are under the delusion that Brainstorm is a fair card. <laughs> like it just, it just isn't. Um, I mean, I, think- I also, I, I will agree with the statement of, Fetch lands do more harm than they do good. I mean, I I I don't even want to go down that road because it's so it like the thing is like we take Deathrite Shaman out, we're already thinking like well what is it's so it's so like in the format it's what does the format look like and I mean some people have some people think it's going to be this you know magical rainbow land where every brew is viable and I and I'm a pessimist and I think no you're just going to get more probe and more Gurmag Angler and and more like miracles and all the things like because that's what's going to be just so good. You're not going to have any any. You're not going to be able to play up the curve. Like you're going to get more stifle. You're going to get more wasteland. It, it, I, mean, I think it is it is a, a a good point to make though during the conversation that like all the cards that we've just been talking about about being like super busted. I personally don't think Gurmag is super busted. I mean, obviously Delve is a broken mechanic, but like I think the card yeah. Gurmag is fine. But like. 
Delve being busted, Deathrite being busted, Brainstorm being busted. The one thing that all three of them have in common are that fetch lands are what make them good. Yeah. Right. That's for sure. That's exactly it. And and unfortunately, that would be an even more colossal shock to the system. I mean, you're talking about going back to the days of like the 94, 95 mana bases that sometimes you see a picture of and it's got four city of brass, you know. Um, and I, I mean, that's like a drastic reimagining of the format. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but uh, unless they come up with something better than fetch lands, it's not going to happen. <laughs> right. I mean, the shuffle effect is so valuable. Yeah. But we're now this would be four cards in a row because it, it would be death right shaman top, victory time treasure cruise, all because of fetch lands. Survival was the last card banned before that. I want to say maybe mental misstep and then survival. Yeah. Um. But uh, you know, you go working backwards, but um, like survival does not seem to me like it's very threatening right now because it's 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 a three plus mana combo yeah. and like there's like it used, and that was to set up you know certain things but here here we are with like you know a two mana combo to get Grizzlebrand out you know and tomb reanimate right or just like you know show and tell like the power level has shifted in this format significantly and it's not just death right it's a lot of other cards so I think that death right is is when I say it's a symptom, that's what I mean. It's that all these cards are powerful. All all these cards, like it's not like you're gonna just get rid of decks and bring back old favorites. I don't know. I think I think we said enough on on the death right shaman uh, uh, conundrum at this point. So I'm gonna cut it here. But I did want to mention one last thing uh, for for this week, and that's that uh, we're gonna probably see a stang token, guys. We're definitely gonna see a Stang token. Wasn't it spoiled? Was it? Yeah, it was oh god, spoiled. it was spoiled. Yeah, amazing. Well, Stang, that that's a boon for Rug. Yeah, right. Finally, <laughs> we have a playable. The, the six drop they've always wanted. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. It's so just... I think I think we've you know we've covered we've covered a lot this week. We went over uh, Phil Phil's showing at uh, SCG Worcester. Uh, we talked about uh, Deathrite Shaman, and then we talked about Deathrite Shaman some more. Um, you know, we've got, you've got our opinions now. Um, you know, see, so I feel like you, we're on the you record. Can, yeah, we're on the record. <laughs> I feel like you can make a, you know, an adult decision for yourself about how, how this is listener. Uh, so yeah, I think, uh, do you guys have anything else to add for the week? Uh, I think mentors, uh, my dream <laughs> man. <laughs> I'm going to play mentor right now. I, I, so much fun. How do you not love it? I think like men, uh, I just think mentor is, uh, uh, he's just wonderful. I'm right. just putting an extra one. In well, my there deck. we go. Oh. Um, right. oh, and by, by the way, anybody, anybody who does pick up the mentor deck, don't leave home without your forest. Yes. Yeah. It, it really makes, it really, you know, is like the glue that holds the deck together. <laughs> the deck is just not the same without the forest. So keep that, keep that forest strong. All right, well, uh, yeah, I think that's it for us. Uh, Good cast, guys. Have a good night, everybody. Have a good week. Bye, everybody.
Where does he get those wonderful toys?